Welcome back to the Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast. The Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast is your podcast source for news and discussion of the meetings and events industry. Each week, we bring you stories of new technologies, new ideas, and new directions that will directly affect all of us in the meetings and events industry. I'm your host, John Trask. I'm a CMP, a CMM, and I'm a 30-year veteran of both the audiovisual and meetings and events industry. And welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we're here today doing another edition of the uh, Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast, uh, focusing on the CMP Conclave uh, coming up in Baltimore in just a few weeks. And we have a couple of guests on the podcast today. We're talking with Paul Bridal, and we're talking with Vicki Howarden. Uh, both of them are going to be doing jointly a session on security and venues. And uh, so first of all, welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you, John. Good to be with you. And it's great to talk to you again, Paul, and to meet you, uh, Vicky. Paul and I uh, spent some time together in Toronto a few years back uh, while I was taking the CMM program. He was one of my instructors and one of my favorite instructors, I'll say, Paul. I really enjoyed your session on leadership. Oh, thank you. And that's that's kind of your uh, your focus. I know your uh, website says that you're a, a leadership methodologist. So tell us a little bit about your background, Paul. Um, my uh, my background's always been in business, John. Um, I've uh, set up a number of companies over the years. I've done a, a couple or two or three uh, turnarounds, companies that were uh, going over the edge of a cliff, and I was asked to step in and run them. Uh, so, uh, and I've always had a fascination for leadership, um, and why do some people follow one person and not another? And so, some 26 years ago, I started doing some research into it, which took me into the uh, speaking arena, which is uh, and the training arena. So that's why I ended up doing the CMM program, uh, and also I've sp- spoken at a, a lot of events around the world around leadership. Um, I, three years ago, I was asked to take over a company that uh, was also going over the edge of a cliff, if you like, um, and wasn't prospering well, and was asked if it was, uh, could be turned around and made a viable business. So I stepped in as CEO, and I've uh, been asked to stay on. And the company uh, specializes in uh, doing standards. Now, let's just define what we mean by standards. Um, it, the company has a number of, of government contracts um, and is based in the United Kingdom. It does, um, on behalf of government, it, it administers and uh, does standards, which uh, it's, not, it's not like your ISO standards, which tend to be about processes and systems. It's more about whether those processes and systems are working for you. And uh, so those standards tend to be in that arena. And I've been involved in that, in that whole side of standards for over 20 years now. Um, and so when I took over this business, I had a, a, a little bit of a background to it. And it was in the middle of doing that that um, I came up with the idea of doing a venue standard. Um, you know how hotels have five stars, John, and you can you can tell immediately by the star rating what type of hotel it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Well, there's nothing really for venues. Uh, there are some individual ones going on, 
um, mostly within a country, but nothing international. Right. And um, so we designed a, a standard quality venues, uh, we've called it. And it was whilst doing that that the uh, issue came up of security. And it was at the same time Vicky joined us in the, uh, as COO. And um, uh, we've been looking at the a security standard uh, for venues. And Vicky will tell you, uh, we've just literally today been reading an article that this is a number one issues for uh, meeting planners. Oh, so it gives me a bit of a gives you a bit of background to uh, where I've come from and what I'm what, what my position is now. Oh, terrific! Yes, and and it it's such a vital area, and I know I'm I'm really looking forward to digging a little deeper into it. And uh, but first, uh, Vicky, tell us a little bit about your background. I wanted to hear more. You've been doing a lot of education and and such. Uh, you focused on with different associations. Yeah, thanks, John. Um, so my background and my passion has been in associations. Um, and I've worked for a number of associations over the past 25 or 30 years. I've had the fortune to work for three associations that are in the event space. So for International Association of Exhibitions and Events, um, Meeting Professionals International, and most recently as CEO for the International Association of Venue Managers. So, you know, my background and passion, and, and, and I started out in the meeting side of it and, and moved in more to education and publications and standard setting um, at those different organizations. So uh, my passion has been both for associations who I think make a huge difference for the industries they serve, but also the work that is done within those um, associations setting standards um, and educating and training. So I'm able to take all of that um, uh, expertise and knowledge I've um, been able to gain over the years as well as um, align my passions with what Excellence Squared is doing. And the, the standard um, for quality venues is one that's very near to my heart, both from the planner side and from having worked with venues so closely. But as Paul said, the safety and security aspect has become such a critical concern that we began and have developed a safety standard that um, I know when uh, um, the attacks happened over in Paris, that was um, the calls I got were from our members at venue managers asking, what is the standard? What should we be doing? Um, and there really wasn't um, a lot of clarity around, you know, if you're a small venue or a theater um, or a convention center in a large city, what should you be doing? So we've collaborated with a lot of industry experts to, to work to bring that um, together and hopefully share it with planners. Um, our goal in being at the conclave is to really hear from the planner audience and make sure that this standard serves them and, and that, that they are included and involved in the development of this so that we don't miss anything that's critical from the planner side. I, I was just thinking how, you know, how much the world has changed within our lifetimes. And, and I, I believe that all of us, uh, all three of us have been in the industry for a, a lengthy amount of time. And just this wasn't wouldn't have been something necessarily that was on the radar uh when i started out in the mid 80s you know working as an av tech but now it it seems to be of really vital importance because you're talking about um people's health safety and lives and uh you're kind of responsible for that to me when you're taking on having people in your venue there's a there's a commitment that comes with that to trying to keep them as safe as possible I, I totally agree with you, John. Um, and the world has changed in so many different ways as well. Uh, but you know, if you go back in history, 
you know, when health, you know, factories were opened and mines were opened, and health and safety was was a, a negligible thing, and it became more and more important. Uh, and now we've we've moved into the security area, uh, and you know, this is now becoming more and more uh, an issue. Um, you know, what Vicky was saying a minute ago after Paris, uh, Paris's bookings dropped by it was forty or fifty percent. Um, they reckon that Brussels was losing five billion at one stage a month, or uh, f uh, in revenues after the airport attacks there, uh, to the to the meetings and, and events industry. So you know, it's it's becoming a significant thing, and and people are, are concerned about it. Let's uh, let's maybe define a little bit um, safety and security. What areas you're going to be talking to planners about in the session, and and uh, you know if you're focusing strictly on the security of of the venue, or if we're also talking about things like rigging and power and and some of the other safety health and safety areas. Yeah, I think we shouldn't forget that um, while it's top of mind right now with Paris and Istanbul and some other um, you know things happening all over the world, including in the U.S that the terrorist aspect of this um, and the active shooter aspect of this, um, because we've had that occur as well, is very much top of mind. But it wasn't so long ago we were worried about illnesses being spread that um, you know were, were um, a big risk to attendees who are gathered in large groups. Mm -hmm. um, and we were worried about it. We were just talking about the uh, Indiana incident where the rigging fell. So I think the important thing that would distinguish what we're trying to work with the industry um, and with CIC to do is that this standard is meant to address all of the major areas where attendees could be put at risk or employees of the venue um, or you know the, anything that would put the business of the venue and the planner at risk. So that includes cybersecurity issues. So it's truly comprehensive and it again is also very international in that um, our company is international to begin with, but we are working with CIC, which is um, you know kind of pan industry as well, to make sure that this doesn't just fulfill the topic of the day that's creating the most angst, but that we're prepared for whatever that next issue is to help venues um, and meeting planners address those together. It brought to mind a question for me when when you're talking about something like an illness. Um, there's the crisis now around the idea of Zika. How does that uh, play into this discussion, uh, and what can a planner do, uh, or can a planner do anything to uh, to work on some of the external risks that they don't have control over, like that? Well, I think you you've now come to the to the core of this, John. Um, let, let's let's be absolutely uh, clear that if if there was um, if, if a body was going to carry out an attack on a venue, um, there's very little that you can do uh, to really mitigate that. There's, there's certain things you can do, but if they're, it's like your home. Um, you know, you can do put all the security you, you want, but um, the, the, if somebody's really intent on getting in, they'll probably find a way in. Mm -hmm. So it's... Uh, it, but it, what it is, is most of these terrorist attacks that are happening these days, uh, if you think Orlando and so forth, it's loan operatives. Um, same with, you know, break-ins to your house. It tends to be opportunist thieves more than necessarily planned thieving. And so, you know, in the case of a venue, 
what we want to do is, are they doing everything they can in terms of due diligence, in terms of uh, engaging their staff, in terms of uh, having the right processes in place, and sure, uh, making sure they've got the right training in place. To make it very difficult for the opportunist terrorist or the opportunist person to cause havoc. Let's try and use Orlando as an example. The man who did Orlando was working on his own. He uh, supposedly he went in twice carrying in arms with him. Nobody asked the question, uh, why, why is this one guy who keeps coming in and out carrying bags with him? Um, something like that may have been all that was necessary for it to say, well, hang on, this is a nightclub. You don't bring bags into a nightclub. Excuse me, sir, what have you got in there? Um, and, yeah, we, we've been working with a group of SAS um, guys, and as one of them said to me, he said, you know, it's, it's the simple things that make the big difference. It's the guy who's wandering around your venue taking pictures, but not of people, but mainly of things um, that you need to be saying, who are you and why are you there? Now, your staff aren't going to think to ask that person a question unless they've been trained to look and spot that type of surveillance, that type of activity. So... What we're trying to do with the standard is say that this venue, if you're a meeting planner or you're a delegate or whoever it is, this venue have thought it through and are continuously thinking it through and have set processes and systems in place. They've given the necessary training. There's somebody designated to is in charge of it whose sole job really is to look at that from all angles. And he's the guy who's going to be checking the credentials of the rigging guys. And he's going to be checking to make, or she, is going to be checking that they're following the process. And they're going to make sure that the staff that's hired are trained and are observant and know who to report something to. And so there's all of that in place. And it's not only working, but they're continuously looking to improve upon it, which is how they meet the standard. So does that, uh, hopefully that gives you a bit of a broader concept of how the standard should reassure um, meeting planners, event organizers, um, even the delegates. I, so, so a lot of what we're really talking about, uh, and, and I agree completely, you're never going to be able to 100% reduce uh, the world. There are no. bad things that happen in the world that are out of our control, and and the idea is to just bring an awareness up so that people are are looking for things that stand out as not being uh, not being the way they should be. That's really yeah. the idea. Yes. Yeah, you know, it, and that that ties so closely to me and to what a planner does anyway. I know certainly on the production side of things. I I told my wife when we first met, and I was explaining what this business was about. I, I said, I worry about things and try and keep them from happening. Yes. <laughs> and, and so I think it's an extension of that idea, really. It's, you know, looking at, at the venue from a different set of uh, eyes, a different perspective than yes. just worrying about the access for the wait staff, but wondering about the access for someone who's not the wait staff or, or something yeah. like that. 
Now, yes. will, will this be an Apex standard uh, once, uh, once it's gone through and, and vetted and discussed? So um, we are just talking with the Apex group right now. I uh, just met with the co-chairs of Apex uh, and uh, talked to them to hopefully collaborate. And um, so I don't have a definitive answer now. Um, we will be talking at the CMP Conclave. They, are, uh, they have an Apex group that is focused strictly on the security aspect. And I think the question is just how do we best collaborate and make sure that um, on the side of CIC that um, resources are available to do that with us. But I'm very hopeful it is something that we'll be um, able to work together on because this is and should be an industry um, collaboration. I, I think so too. And I, I, I've talked on other podcasts about Apex and just what a great resource that can be for folks. So I think being able to add this element to it would be a, a really positive uh, direction to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Apex really found their way, I think, when they started focusing on, you know, they did some great work, and then they kind of went into hibernation for a while, and and uh, I now um, know that they have refocused on uh, what are the big topics of the day that, that planners and the industry care about, and how can we bring together the resources that are there to provide great guidance, and they've done a really phenomenal job doing that. It's uh, it's. A nice way to um, to sort of formalize. You you both have a history of doing training and and passing knowledge along, and and I really think that uh, this is exactly within this, that same spirit. Uh, okay. The idea is putting together all of these ideas from a diverse set of people, figuring out what the best practice is, and and giving it uh, giving it out to everyone to use as a uh, as a starting point now, yeah and can I just make a comment thank you for saying that John because that's very true if you like our expertise is in being able to do assessment now if you think about assessment um, you know there's two ways to that assessment can be carried out one is that it's like an inspection like being policed um, and the other is that it's a way of helping you challenge yourself to be the best you can be. In other words, it's about continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. And what we want to do is not is we are trying to achieve not not making it more like a policing, but more in terms of the developmental. In other words, yes, you're doing well, you've reached this level, but hey, there's more you could be doing. And the assessor is that fresh set of eyes that is looks at your venue and says, yeah, well done, excellent, but now you really need to be focusing on this next. And so the, the concept of continuous improvement means the standard is hugely beneficial. And then, of course, with that will come you know, training that people say, well, okay, now we need to do this. How do we do that? Well, okay, let's, let's find you someone that can help coach you or advise you or whatever. So, but it's very much in, in the ethos of continuous improvement because none of this is going to go away and it's only going to get more challenging. And so if we can help the industry by, uh, you know, facing up to it and, and being prepared for it, then, you know, we, I think we will have done a great job. It's, uh, I, you know, I had a, a similar conversation uh, with Michael Owen, who's doing a session on bandwidth uh, related to Apex standards, because they're doing, um, they're doing similar work in the idea of technology and, and access and bandwidth and internet. And, and it's something that, I, I, that I've observed now that the CIC, I think, has taken a big lead on of 
trying to establish these standards and trying to move the industry into a place that has a more established regimen that people can understand and train to rather than the sort of ad hoc world that uh, I grew up in in the 80s when there really wasn't a manual to go by and you know people fell into the industry from a variety of directions and um, it, it seems like this formal this formal thing is good. Are there any legal ramifications to all of this? Does it help protect a company more to take these steps or is it something that can be a liability? Because I know companies worry about the legal aspect as, as much as we want to focus on the human aspect. It does take does taking insurance out guarantee you nothing's going to go wrong. Right. Yeah, I know. Um, when I worked at IBM, that was a regular question, and the, and uh, uh, we had attorneys that worked with us directly. And the answer is, anytime you take steps to better yourself, improve what you do, um, that you can show that you took reasonable steps to whether that's actually showing your activities or showing that you um, went through an assessment like this. Um, It is generally a positive that you're able to show that you weren't just passively um, sitting around um, doing nothing to make sure that you were um, doing your due diligence. So, you know, it's always a positive to be able to go if you are, are unfortunately in a case where you have to defend yourself to show that you took reasonable steps, and this would be one. And I would I would assume too that that then relates to follow through. You can't just do the assessment and set on it if there are recommendations that are made. You need to follow through and you need to do the trainings yes. and things like that. So it's it yes. is an active process that we're talking yeah. about, not just check something off a, a, a list and move on. Exactly. Yeah. So and any, yeah, you, you get you. I mean, once you've uh, once you've had the assessment and you get your feedback. Um, then you're required to put an action plan together to, uh, that will implement what you've, you've learned out of it. Um, and then you know, the assessor will phone you in a year's time and say, how are you doing against your action plan? Um, and you know, give you some feedback. You can you know, sort of try and keep the motivation going. And then when you go for reassessment in a couple of years, then you know, you've got to be able to prove that you've um, taken action and that you've made some improvements since last time. So it's 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 an ongoing journey. If uh, if a planner is listening to this and they're uh, they're going to be coming to your session in Baltimore, um, what would you like them to bring and not physically bring, but just mentally or questions or ideas? What what are you hoping to uh, to have as feedback from the planners who come to the session? Well, I think. Go ahead, Paul. You. No, wanna- you- no, you go ahead, Vicky. All right. So, yeah, as a, as a planner myself, you know, I, I remember the days as well when um, after 9-11 and, and, you know, I was happy just to have a crisis plan on my end and I would go to venues and ask about their plans and, and you know, they're just, it was a difficult conversation because, again, there wasn't really a lot of agreement around what was reasonable um, for me to be asking for and what could I just assume was already in place. So I think it's just coming to this um, from the planner mindset with um, what is it that causes you concern? What is it that you would love to see venues um, do consistently across the board so that you can sleep easier at night? When do you as a planner feel it's appropriate to be inserted into the process. So venues obviously have lots of safety and security plans that for obvious reasons they don't necessarily make public and they are really the ones best able to protect the attendees in their venue. They know it best. Um, 
you know, so we don't want to take that away, but we want the planners to be able to know, again, it's their attendees. So when do they need to be involved in those plans and, and part of um, whatever process rolls out? So it's really just coming with um, what is it that causes them concern um, in terms of venue safety and guest safety and how do they want to be part of the process? And we're looking to present um, kind of the overview of standards and assessments and why they matter talk about this as being an industry standard, which I think is important to distinguish. You know, we do assessments, but this standard will be something that the industry can really grab onto and use as, as um, they see fit. So what do they want this to look like? And we're going to hopefully break everybody into some groups and ask them to really sharpen their pencils and tell us what's working, did we miss something, um, and come out of that with a much stronger standard that has planner support and engagement. Sounds uh, sounds like a very um, a very active and interesting session to be in, and I'm assuming you'll have some venue folks as well. So I think the uh, hopefully you'll get that diverse perspective of the people coming from the venue side as well as the planners, and and be able to have some really uh, really nice discussions there. Well, and not to forget, we want the supplier involvement as well. You know, the service contractors have a huge amount to do with the security in a venue when it comes time for especially move in and move out. And um, AV companies, as you talked about, the IT department. So, yeah, that's what we're hoping for. Um, certainly a strong planner group because it's the CMP conclave. Um, but Paul and I hope to um, take this to other organizations and to other meetings and continue to get that feedback from all of the players. And looking forward to it, it sounds like a very, very interesting session and hopefully I'll have a chance to attend it there in Baltimore. We'd love to see you, John. Well, and uh, I appreciate so much uh, having both of you take time this morning to uh, to chat with me about the Conclave and about your session. Uh, again, the session is Security and Venues is Everyone's Responsibility. And uh, we're talking about uh, kind of the a early step on a long road. Uh, so I think it, it would be great to be in at the beginning and have a chance to, uh, to, to really make your mark on uh, discussing these standards. So thank you both. Thank you, John. Thanks for having us. Good to see, speak to you again. Yes, thank you. And uh, we appreciate everyone listening. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time on the podcast. Have a great day. This has been the Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast, your podcast source for news and discussions of the meetings and events industry. You can find out more about Strategic Meeting Tech at our website, www.strategicmeetingtech.com. There you'll find resources and information about how we help planners to create better audiovisual and technology outcomes at their events. Our music is provided by Steph Sachs, under license from the Creative Commons, and you can find out more information and links to the artists there on our website as well. Please send any comments or show suggestions to John, J-O-M, at strategicmeetingtech.com. Thanks for listening.